Thank you for joining us here on the Bowling Green Christian Church Podcast. Our mission is to love God, encourage our community, serve those in need, and share the good news of Jesus. You can find out more about how we do this on our website at BowlingGreenChristian.org. It is our prayer that the following message encourages you as you take your next step in faith. This is a series about finding renewal in God, finding your own unique path to renewal to God, because we're all wired a little differently. Uh, This week, our community groups are are kicking off a study that's going to follow along with us as we go through this uh, study. It's going to be a five-week study. And in your community groups, you're going to be going a little bit deeper with some of the stuff that we talk about here. Uh, this is based off of a book by the, uh, by the name of Sacred Pathways. I know we're real creative uh, with the titling here, by a guy by the name of Gary Thomas. Uh, Gary Thomas wrote this book uh, so that way he could encourage people to find a path uh, of renewal in God. Now, some of you, you might already be dreading this series, and we haven't even got started, because uh, you've, you've heard it before, you know, you're supposed to read your Bible and pray, and if you could do it early in the morning, that would be best, because that's where the really spiritual people do that, and, you know, if you could spend, you know, longer than, you know, 10 minutes, it'd be better, 30 minutes is good, you know, an hour is, you know, probably what you should strive for, right, and you've, you've tried that, and it, it doesn't work for you, right? Because you, you get distracted, you've got the, the ADD, you get the uh, sleepies as you pray, and you, know, you just think through all this and you just you struggle because you go, well, I just, you know, I don't know about this like, personal, devotional kind of thing. And I, I think that you're going to like this series. Because we're not all wired the same way. We're not all wired to, to spend, you know, hours, you know, in prayer. We're not all wired to spend hours, you know, reading our Bibles. And, and I mean, I'm with you. I get tired of the people who tell me that, you know, they found something inspirational in the book of Numbers. You know, there's, there's nothing in there that's real good, okay? I mean, it's there, you know, here's the thing. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, you can't, you can't say that. Well, all of God's Word is inspired. I believe that, but not all of God's Word is inspiring. You know what I'm saying? Read through Leviticus, you know what I'm talking about, okay? This, it's just true. And so we've, we're going to try to come into this with a little bit of reality, with a little bit of just sort of just, just understanding that we're all a little bit different, and we're going to try to find this place where we can find, you know, some sort of of strength in God. And maybe for you, you're going, well, this copious amount of time reading is, is not, it's just not in my wheelhouse. Now, that's an interesting phrase, the wheelhouse. You know, a lot of people, it's used in baseball, but it, it actually has its nautical origins. It comes from the sea. Did you know that? It, uh, if you've been in a boat that's large enough to have a wheel, like a big wheel, uh, that's the wheel house. It's the house where the, the wheel sits. If, if I'm going too fast, just put your hand up and I'll slow down. Um, so the wheel house is where the wheel is, and that's where you would drive the boat. And if you're in your wheel house, you feel comfortable and you feel in control and you feel capable of acting. And it is my earnest prayer and I know it was Gary Thomas's earnest prayers, he wrote this book, that each of you would find your own wheelhouse, we might say, where you feel comfortable and in control and able to actually sort of navigate 
paths of renewal with God. And so that's what we're going to try to do through this series. This series is going to be a little bit more on the teaching side. It's going to be a little bit more kind of explaining some kinds of things. We're going to do a bit of a summary and an overview. If you want to go deeper, I'd encourage you to get the book. I'd encourage you to uh, dig deep in your community group study because I think that's where it's going to be helpful. But, but here's the operating truth for this, is that one faith size does not fit all. Uh, it doesn't even fit most. Uh, one faith size fits one faith size, and everybody's got a different kind of faith size. Uh, you have to read through Scripture just a little bit, and you figure this out real quick, okay? Uh, you, you meet a guy by the name of Moses. The Scripture says that Moses talked with God face-to-face as with a friend, that he was comfortable complaining to God, and he was comfortable telling God, you know, God, I don't really feel like it. I'm not a really good speaker. Why don't you find somebody else? And, and Moses would talk to God this way. Uh, you find a guy by the name of Joshua just a few chapters later, and when God sort of shows up to Joshua, Joshua does not speak to him as a friend. He falls down on his face, and he's terrified to, to meet this. He, he has this, this incredible reverence in his relationship with God. You go a little bit further in the Old Testament, you meet a guy by the name of David. When David wanted to meet God, he he grabbed his guitar and he went out, you know, in his van again into the woods and he had his songwriter notebook and he was songwriting and he was singing and that's what David did. All of these people, we would sort of hold up and say, these are really faithful people. And yet not any one of them connects with God really in the same way. They all connect with God in a very, very different way. We see this also in the New Testament. In the New Testament, this is highlighted, I think, best in the story of two sisters by the name of Mary and Martha. And they come to meet Jesus, and, and, and there's a big difference between the two of them. Let's, let's look at the text here in Luke chapter 10. Luke records it for us. It says, now, as they were traveling along, this is Jesus and the disciples. So Jesus is traveling along. He enters a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. So who welcomes Jesus into her home? Martha. Okay, so Martha welcomes Jesus into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me alone to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me. And you got to jump up and down when you read that, because it feels right. But the Lord answered her. He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken from her. Now, a couple observations here real quick. Because if you've grown up in the church, maybe like I have, you've heard this story a lot, and we would put two people, you know, there's a good guy or good girl and a bad girl here. We've got Mary is good, Martha is bad. And we sort of go, Mary, she gets it, Martha misses it. You know, Mary's the, the hero, you know, Martha's the zero. And this is how we would sort of frame this passage. But I think we've missed something here. Because as I had you notice in the text, it's Martha that welcomes Jesus into their home. Martha's the one who says, hey, Jesus, why don't you come and and have dinner with us? Jesus, why don't you stay at our place? You know, we'll we'll put out a nice spread. The disciples can come. You can eat. It'll be nice, and you could teach, and we'd love to hear you talk. You know, Jesus, come in. So Martha, she's the one that starts this whole thing. Mary, she's the one who sits at Jesus' feet. Uh, Jesus says, you know, that Mary has chosen what is good. 
Well, some versions say better. Well, what is this word? I mean, let's hold on to that for a second because the text also says that Martha, Martha, Martha was distracted. Martha is distracted. Now, it's not that she's always distracted, right? Because she's the one who had enough clarity to bring Jesus into the house. But she gets distracted along the way. Anybody ever get distracted here? I've heard it happens. I've never... People that work with me are like, you're distracted all the time. Like, we have to lock your door to keep you in your office and on task. Yeah, I mean, I get distracted all the time. It, it just happens. So when it says that Mary chooses what is good and Martha is distracted, I think we've got to sort of hold this in its context and realize that Martha starts out well, but she gets distracted. In the meanwhile, Mary chooses, the text would says, is better or good. But good or better than what? Is it good or better than serving? I mean, here's what's going to happen. You know, if you read through the Gospels, you see that Jesus, uh, Peter's mother-in-law, for instance, uh, after Jesus heals her, she gets up, she makes dinner, and it says, the text says that she began to serve all the disciples. Jesus doesn't tell her, hey, just sit down and sit at my feet and let me talk to you. No, he, he lets her serve. He's glad for her to serve. Do, do you think Jesus, after Martha prepared this whole meal, you know, was like, Martha, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't eat because that's how spiritual I am, and the disciples, they don't eat either. That's how spiritual they are. And Mary, she doesn't eat either, because that's how spiritual she is. You made all this food, but we, we just need God's word. No, they're going to eat lunch later. They're going to have dinner later. They're going to enjoy that meal. Jesus is going to accept what Martha has done. So what's Mary, what has she chosen? What's better? Better than what? Well, it's better for her, I think is how we ought to say this. Mary has chosen what's good for her. Mary is that individual who can't maybe serve and worship at the same time. Now, we're all called to worship, and we're all called to serve. But for one of those two, serving is renewing. And as Martha serves when she's not distracted, she is renewed in her soul. Mary, that's not her. When she sits at the feet of Jesus and worships, then she is renewed in her soul. And after a little bit of time, maybe she gets up and helps with the dinner dishes. I, I don't know how that story ends. But see, Mary chooses what's better for her. Martha needs to stay focused on what's better for Martha. Mary needs to stay focused on what's better for Mary. This is what is important. This is what we're going to try to get to, is realizing that each of us is renewed in a different way. In the words of Gary Thomas, Mary would be called a contemplative. She is somebody who just wants to sit and contemplate the deep things of God. Martha is a caregiver. She wants to care for the people around her, and that is how she feels renewed. Now, in this group right here, I know that we all are wired a little differently. And I want to just kind of illustrate this a little bit because I think that, you know, you might be going, well, what are you talking about? Aren't we all called to serve? Yes, we're all called to serve. Aren't we all called to worship? Absolutely. We're all called to worship. Aren't, you know, and we'll look at some of these other pathways and you'll say, well, aren't we all called to, to speak out for truth? Absolutely. We're all called to do that. But the question is, where do you go to get renewed? For some of you, the idea of sitting in a Bible study 
going through the book of, you know, Chronicles, just like it makes you want to like just drill out your eardrum because you're like, I just don't, I can't imagine sitting through that. It's just, it's just, it's a waste of my time. I could be out doing something. I could be out caring for some people. And, and for you, you're going, that just doesn't renew my soul. Now, should we all learn? Yeah, absolutely. But that's not going to be maybe where you get renewed. For others of you, you know, you're going, man, there's a Bible study in Chronicles? Where, where do I sign up for that? That sounds awesome because, you know, I want to learn more about how God has worked in the Old Testament. That, for me, I want to study that. And let's get into the Hebrew and, and all the languages and let's, let's hear all of the background on all that. Let's, let's do that. That would be great for my soul. But your neighbor sitting right next to you is different. They're going, man, that sounds terrible. That sounds like the worst idea ever. Now, some of you, you're going, you know, uh, what I really like to do is I like to serve. I mean, I'm, I love to be at Room in the Inn. I love to be serving with Meals, Inc. I love to be, you know, over at Bristow and, and volunteering with Locke and these things. And when I do that, man, it just, like, it takes my, my empty spiritual tank and it just fills it all the way up to the top. And that's how I feel connected with, with God. And others of you are going, well, I like to serve because I know I should and I want to show God's love. But, man, I got to be charged because I'm going to empty my tank when I go out and serve. So some people are recharged by serving. Some people have to use all of their spiritual energy while serving. And what we're going to try to do through the series is figure out where you get your tank filled up. If you're tracking with me, nod your head so that way I know that you're at least tracking with me. All right, perfect. So this is good. So Gary Thomas has outlined nine ways in which people find renewal with God. Uh, are, is this a exhaustive, spiritually given list? Did God himself like open up heaven and give this to him? The answer is no, but it is incredibly helpful. And the longer I try to find another pathway of renewal, the more I realize I think Gary's has got about all of them. So what I want to do real quick in some time that we've got here is quickly highlight the nine spiritual pathways. And then after that, what I want to do um, is let you know that in the following weeks, we're going to spend some time each week, we're going to spend some time on three of them at a time uh, and talk about them. All right, so here we go. The first three pathways um, are these. This is for the groups of people that want to be surrounded by God. These are people um, that want to be surrounded by God, and they're each in different ways. So the naturalist, they love God outdoors. How many of you feel closest to God or have had incredibly spiritual experiences when you're outside? Go ahead and put your hands up. That's me. Okay, I love being outdoors. Uh, it's one of the ways that totally renews my soul. Uh, and so for you, you like to be surrounded by God's creation and feel that. Uh, we've got the sensates. These are people who love God with the senses. They want to be caught up in uh, maybe something that just overwhelms them with the presence of God. Um, I can think of an illustration of this. My kids, uh, one of the things I love doing around Christmas time is we go to um, the Holy Spirit Catholic Church, and, and WKU comes and does this big song fest, and and if you step into the, that church there, it just feels like a church. And the, the kids were real little when we took them, and um, I don't remember which one it was that said it, but as we walked into that building and we sat down, they looked at, uh, at me and they said, man, this is a church. <laughs> like this is. Well, where do you think we go, right? I mean, come on, what's wrong with our church? They're like, no, I mean, come on, this, this is big. It's big. It looks... I mean, Jesus is up there. I mean, he's on the cross. I mean, this, this is a church. This is a church. They're just overwhelmed by the senses and the smells and the sound. That's for them. And some of you are this way. Any sensates that you just love to be overwhelmed by the senses of God. I got, okay, I got one in the back. Hallelujah. I see that hand. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, you just feel overwhelmed by that. That's fantastic. 
There's a third group that likes to be surrounded by God. Um, these are the traditionalists. If for you, you want a very regimented sort of order of life, uh, some people may call you a legalist, um, but you want a very ordered sense of, of rules and, and you're very regimented in your habits. And when you're very regimented in your habits and you do things sort of according to the book and you just sort of feel like God is overwhelming you, surrounding you with sort of just order, uh, you feel closest to God. Anybody want to claim that one? I know we've got some of you here. All right, yeah, hallelujah. I see that hand way in the back. Thank you so much. Uh, I mean, this is just how some people are, and they want to feel surrounded by God in that way. All right, so these are people that want to be surrounded by God. The next group, these are people who want to be abandoned to God. Uh, we've got a few here. We've got the ascetics. These are people that love God in solitude and simplicity. And you, okay, you might be an ascetic if you say, I can't feel close to God when I'm within, you know, like 10 miles of any other person. Like, I've got to be away. I've got to be like, like a prayer closet for you is like a real closet with, that locks from the inside so that way nobody can get to you there. Uh, you might be an ascetic if you live a very sparse life. You might not even think of it as sparse, but you, you intentionally choose to not buy new things. You intentionally choose to have simpler and older things because you want to give that money someplace else. And, and you say, man, I, there's nothing better that I could do than to give. I want to be abandoned to God. Then you might be an ascetic. Anybody here identify as an ascetic? You just want to be near people? I got one in the back. That's great. I got a, okay, I got a few here. See, we're all a little different. The activists, these are people who love God through confrontation. Now, that's all right. You know, there's some of you here, and, we'll, and you'll be glad to raise your hand here in a second. <laughs> I know you. I know who you are. I actually know who most of you are, I think, because you've come to me, and you're like, well, are you sure about this? Yeah, I'm pretty sure about this. You're the people that are writing letters. You're the people that are posting in Facebook the things that everybody else is like, mute, mute, unfollow, unfollow. Um, that's happening. You don't even know it because we didn't block you. We just unfollowed you. You know, you're putting us out. You're preaching to the, the world. You want everybody to know what is truth and what is right and what is factual. And for you, man, you just feel so charged up by God when you are like the prophetic voice. You are like John the Baptist and you're just telling the world how it is. Anybody want to own up to being an activist? Yeah, I got one in the, ah, maybe. All right. I got one in the back there. All right. So yeah, the activists. How about this? The caregiver. Some of you just love God by caring for others, and there is nothing that makes you feel closer to Jesus than when you are caring for the people that you see Jesus in. They might be the disenfranchised, the poor, the, the broken, the sick, but man, when you're caring for those people, it just renews your soul. Do we have any caregivers here? Yeah, yeah. All right, we've got a third group of people here. These are the people who want to be joined with God. Uh, the enthusiasts, they love God with mystery and celebration. You are the people that, like, you're here five minutes early for worship because you want to be a part of worship from the beginning to the end. You don't want to miss a song. You're the people that stay and sit in your seat and you sing along even after the band stops singing because you want to get all of that caught up. Any enthusiasts we have here today? Yeah, a couple of you. Uh, the contemplatives, these are people who love God through adoration. Um, this is not something that's as much maybe in the evangelical or, or Protestant tradition, but you just like to just contemplate God. This isn't an intellectual thing. You're not arguing out. You're just sort of gazing into God's presence. Um, 
I saw this one time at a church where they just had some, like, it was a candle, and then they had a few other things kind of set up, and people could just sit there uh, for hours just sort of just thinking and just being close to God and just feeling close to God. Uh, they were like Mary. They just wanted to sit at his feet in a place that was sort of designated as holy and said, man, this is the place I want to be. Anybody here would be a contemplative? Yeah, I mean, you'd be on the quieter side. And then finally here, we've got the intellectuals, loving God with the mind. There is nothing that you want to do more than read the Bible in the original language. Like, you're like, man, that's, if I could read Greek, if I could read Hebrew, that would like change my life. Um, and that's what you want to do. You want to study. You got like a hundred commentaries and, or you look online, whatever it is, you want to study. And when you study with a mind, your soul feels close to God. How many intellectuals do we have here today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We got, we got a lot of folks that are in each of these different pathways. And let me tell you, no one pathway is better than the other. They are each valid and good ways to connect with God. And if we went through that list and you're like, I think I'm two of those. Yeah, you probably are. You're probably two, maybe even three. Uh, and and that is, that's good. And so again, what we're going to try to do through the series is help you claim who you are and find that renewal there in God. Because being renewed in God empowers us for his service. That's the key here. We want to be renewed in God so we can serve him better. We want to find our own unique way to live in our faith and also to live out our faith. We want to find the unique way that we can to live in the faith that God has wired us for and to live out the faith that God has wired us for. We're going to end this series with Say Yes Sunday. That's going to be March, I think it's first, the very first Sunday of March. And that's going to be a chance for us to bring in our ministry uh, volunteer groups, and you're going to be able to sort of see what we're doing in ways that you can connect in a way that excites you. Because as we get renewed in God, we're called to serve God. That's, that's the thing. So I like how Gary Thomas puts this. In his book, he says this, Anybody can date God. The truly mature seek to be his faithful, lifelong companions. That's my attitude in writing this book. How do we learn to love God day in and day out through the seasons of life? How do we keep this love fresh? The answer is by finding our own unique paths to God. And each of us have different paths. And here's the other thing too. As we go through these paths, it's not just so you can learn yours and ignore everybody else's. I would say build on your strengths. And then what you're going to want to do is you're going to learn about the ones you're weak in. Because as you mature in your faith, your path will change, I suspect. I know that mine have. Your path will change as you mature in your faith. And the path that used to bring you renewal may have grown cold, and you'll need to find a new path. And there may even be seasons of life where you need a particular path. And so we want you to be introduced to all of the paths, so that way you can find the right path of renewal for you in the different seasons of life. So here's the goal, is that we're called to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Colossians chapter 3 says this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. How can we even begin to do this? Only by being renewed in Christ. Only by being people who live in and live out our own unique faith. That's what we're called to do. So I want to just introduce you to one resource here. Um, um, it's this here. I've got it on the screen. You can discover your sacred pathway online. Uh, if you go to this link here, there's a little quiz. This did not come to us from the Holy Spirit. It came to us through Gary Thomas. Um, it's helpful. It's not definitive. Um, 
And so that's a resource you can have. If you're using the Bowling Green Christian Church app, I've got a link in there for you. You can touch that link. It opens up a window in your web browser, and you can take that assessment right there. But I would encourage you to take that assessment before we begin next week, so that way you kind of know, oh, this is probably the one I ought to pay attention to. This is the one that I'm really weak in. Uh, this is the one that maybe I'm going to learn from uh, and tune into that, because each of us is going to find a different and unique way for us to be able to go uh, in a path of renewal to God. So that's the challenge. I'm looking forward to this series. I think it's going to be really good. I hope you are too. Uh, right now, what we're going to do is we're going to sing a song of decision. And um, here's what I know. I know that we're going to have eight baptisms today. But I also know that there's some others of you here that you've been waiting for a moment like this. And you've said to yourself, man, I just, I'm ready. I want to. I want to. It just... It just maybe hasn't felt like the right time. Here's what I would say. I would say today's a great day. Today's a great day to make a decision to begin your own path of renewal in God. Because it all starts with Jesus. It all starts with Jesus. Don't get confused about this. It's not a, about anything other than falling in love with Jesus and finding a path of renewal in God through him. You know, Jesus, even he needed renewal. He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane so that way he can pray, so that way he can be alone, so that way he can be quiet, so that way he can have his soul renewed. If Christ needed something like that, don't we all need something like that? And for some of you, you've never even tapped into the renewing power of Jesus Christ because you've never given your life over to him yet. Today could be that day. We've got plenty of towels, plenty of shirts, plenty of shorts. You came with dry hair, you can leave with wet hair. I promise you, wet hair is awesome. Today could be the day where you also make a decision and join with us in that. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray here in a second. And then if you, as we've talked about this and as you thought about it, you're like, man, I've got a decision to make. I want you to come forward. I'd love to meet you up front here and talk with you about that, what, mean, what that means. Others of you, you, you want prayer. Um, we're not going to pray for your Super Bowl team. Um, but we will pray for you. Uh, and if you're going, man, I just want to sit and talk with somebody in, in prayer. Uh, these two outside rows, we've got two people on each row. They're here and they want to pray with you and they want to talk with you about what's going on in your life. And so if that's you, we want to invite you to come forward. But I want to pray for you right now. So why don't you go ahead and stand and then we'll sing. God, for all of my brothers and sisters here, for the intellectuals and the activists, for the contemplatives and the enthusiasts and everybody that's in between, God, we really want to have a fresh and new experience with you. God, we want to have a, a place where we feel abandoned in your presence, where we feel surrounded by you, God, where we feel joined with you. And God, we really want that to happen in our lives. And so God, as we go through this series, I pray that you would give us the courage to maybe try something new, to step out of a comfort box, to, to, to get into a place where we could say, man, I am finding God in new and fresh and renewing ways. So God, I pray that for everybody here, that they would do that. But God, for, for my brothers and sisters that are here, and I know there's at least two of them, God, would you this morning, as they've thought, man, I wish I was part of the Sunday where we were joining and we were getting baptized. I wish I was doing that. God, would you give them the courage to step out and do what they know they need to do? God, we'll give you the glory for that. God, we love you. We thank you for the day. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the way that your Holy Spirit's moving here. We celebrate that now. And so God, meet us here right where we are. And I thank you that you do that. It's in your name we pray.
Amen. Thanks for listening. When you're ready to take the next step on your faith journey, visit our website at bowlinggreenchristian.org and find more information about service times and other programming for both adults and children. Thank you again and have a blessed day.